Well, U.S. equities continue to rally today as we prepare for a lot of tech earnings results later in the week and continued hope that maybe the Fed won't push as high. Maybe the Bank of England will pull back a bit too now they've got a new Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, who's seen as a safer pair of hands. But worries about President Xi and his leadership team. That's uh, hit uh, Chinese equities pretty hard and the one. And the Aussie budget tonight, uh, a little less money switching around. Maybe that also means the RBA doesn't need to go so far with rate hikes. It is uh, Tuesday, the 25th of October, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. equities continue to rise overnight at close, a 1.4% rise in the Dow, 1.2% up for the S&P 500, 0.9% for the Nasdaq. Healthcare, transport and consumer staples doing particularly well. It was consumer discretionary uh, that was making the falls. In Europe, a big leap forward for the DAX at 1.6% at close, 1.5% for the Eurostox 50 and 0.6% for the FTSE 100. Uh, not much U.S. bond movement. Ten-year Treasury is still around 4.22, 4.23%. Yields down a across Europe, though. In the UK, their new Prime Minister has helped see a 31 basis point fall in 10-year gilt yields. 30 years, also down 31 basis points. They they were close to 5% in the midst of all this recent turmoil. They're down to around 3.7% now, which is not back where they were. But of course, everybody has been seeing their yields increase over uh, the last month or so. Not a lot of movement in the US dollar overnight on the DXY, but it's up 0.9% on the Japanese yen, Almost half percent up on the Chinese yuan. The Aussie dollar has fallen 1.3 percent, down below 63 US cents now. The pound down 0.2 percent. The euro up 0.1 percent. And that fall in the yuan, well, that is just part of the story on China today. We also saw big falls in equities. The CSI 300 down almost 3 percent. The Hang Seng falling over 6 percent yesterday. And during the session overnight, the Nasdaq Golden Dragon, those Chinese companies trading in the US, down almost 16 percent today. Actually, over 20% down at one point. And uh, more generally, we've seen oil down a 0.6% drop in WTI, Brent down 0.3% to a little over $93 now. So Taylor Nugent joins us today from NAB in Melbourne. So um, yeah, an interesting day today, but generally, as far as the US is concerned, more optimism in equities, lots of earnings results, of course, to come over this week. Uh, so also, though, this carryover from what we were discussing yesterday, that the Fed will, you know, it's hoped or assumed, is going to slow the pace of rate hikes supposedly, uh, because, you know, I guess the reason is we've seen some weak data lately, so the signs of a slowdown, so maybe they'll be a little less aggressive. Yeah, good morning, Phil. I, I think that's right. So there's a couple of kind of, you know, geographically more isolated stories that have been affecting affecting markets in the last 24 hours or so. You've got you've got um, China responding to the, the outcome of the NPC, and you've got the, the new um, prime minister, in the UK, um, helping in those sort of specific markets. But as you say, if we look across kind of US markets, it does seem to be a bit of a continuation of those themes that you were talking about with Ray yesterday, reaction to, you know, maybe a bit of a, a pairing of the pace of hikes, at least from, from the Fed um, taking hold in, in investors' minds on Friday after those comments from Daly and that, that Timurasa article. And um, we saw equities kind of, you know, continue to push higher in that environment. Um, and, you know, all of that really ahead of, you know, a very busy week for earnings. Which is which is yet to kick off, and so it's still looming large in investors' minds as we look towards the rest of the week. 
Yeah, I mean, quite. I mean, quite big moves up. Considering, I mean, the, the expectation is still, I think, isn't it, that there's going to be a seventy-five basis point hike at the next FOMC meeting, and you know, well, maybe the one after that will be fifty rather than seventy-five. It's not as though it's you know a complete clawback by the FOMC, uh, and yet the you know you look at the the way equities are responding, it's, it's almost as though they've they've said that's it, game over. We're going to stop pushing rates up now. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does seem to be a, a fairly big um, reaction. I think it you know just comes back to to how. How sensitive the the outlook really is to to the path for for central bank hiking mm. at, at the moment, um, and the the sensitivity for for these markets to you know any any whispers of a pivot, um, and certainly you know to to an extent that you know you get such large market reactions to to whispers of a pivot, as you say, as as slight as this, fairly fairly marginal in the scheme of, of Fed policy um in the near term at least. Um, you know, that does kind of make make the Fed's communication job a little bit more difficult as well, because you know, an easing in financial conditions is certainly not something that they're looking for in in this environment. And to the extent that, you know, markets are are you know, so attuned looking looking for that pivot, um, then then that makes the communication challenge all the more difficult. And PMIs, of course, we got a load of them uh, yesterday and overnight. They were pretty grim reading, weren't they? Le- worse than expected. Um, well, a little less for for Europe, but the US flash numbers quite a lot less than expected. And we've seen a contraction for services and manufacturing. So lots of numbers below 50. So, I mean, I wonder whether does that add to the idea uh, of, uh, you know, maybe that the slowdown is happening and therefore the Fed might think twice before pushing too hard or does it not work that way? Yeah. So those those. Flash PMI numbers were, you know, came in a little bit weak and expected uh, across the across the globe, really, in in general, and, and showing kind of a fourth consecutive month of um, being in contraction territory in in Europe. The US, as you say, surprised surprised lower, coming in at forty seven point three versus forty nine point two. Not too much market reaction to that, though. I think you know the more closely watched ISM data next week um, will be, you know, more important there as a, a gauge on how the the US economy is faring um, but certainly in Europe um, you know we not too much country detail in the in the flash numbers but you know consistent with that energy story being a real driving force in the the weaker numbers that we saw there so across manufacturing it was it was softer than the services side although we did see the services side kind of dipping further into contraction territory as well um, and really driven by those kind of more energy sensitive manufacturing um, industries as well according to the the write-up from from SM P global, um, and so you know a, a fairly clear um, impact from that that you know energy shock manufacturing story, but some broader weakness as well, and certainly you know some potentially positive news that some of these issues are starting to to work through some of the kind of supply chain um, stress indicators did seem to ease in in that release as well and maybe some of those pricing pressures across the goods manufacturing side easing as well, um, but you know still. Still, certainly saying that there is, you know, very much a, an inflation problem um, still to be found, and you know, broadening across that services side. Yeah, and um, yet, you know, equities are still pushing up, aren't they? I mean, I, but part of it, of course, you know, you're talking about the cost of energy, but of course, the you know, the, the uh, gas prices have come down a great deal. So, uh, 26th of August, Dutch gas futures are up around. 340 euros uh, over the last 24 hours, down below 100. So for whatever reason, they've been coming down quite a lot. So I guess that's uh, sort of like uh, offset any negativity around those num- those PMI numbers. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, certainly doesn't seem to be a, a 
too much of an outsized reaction there. I mean, a slowing in these PMIs was was expected, and so you know potentially not not too much of a surprise, even though you know the detail may be a, a little bit softer than than what um, the market had been mm. penciling in. Um, but I think the other the other um, you know key factor there in the the moves in in European share markets today was just kind of a bit of catch up to the strength that we saw on on Friday in the US as well. Yeah, tell you where they did go down a great deal. The UK, so services fell from fifty to forty seven and a half, and manufacturing down from 48.4 down to 45.8 which is uh, a lot more than expected in both cases but uh, so I don't know whether that impacts what the the Bank of England's going to do next week but you know they've got Rishi now to sort it out Rishi Sunak has been uh, or will be tomorrow or today I should say uh, sworn in by the king as the uh, the, uh, the the latest prime minister for the UK <laughs> I don't know how many they've been through now uh, but uh, he's going to fix the economy so that's that's all good, isn't it? And, and we've seen the response, you know, massive response on the bond markets to this news. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the exit of, of Boris Johnson and, and Petty Mordaunt from the leadership race clearing the way for for Sunak there, and a you know a fairly a fairly um, large reaction from markets as well, playing out in in the gilts market especially. So the ten year yield down a little over thirty basis points, thirty one basis points down to to three point seven five percent. So that's you know still nine um, ninety basis points off the the peak that it got to, um, but still about 60 basis points above the level um, before the trust premiership. So certainly not kind of completely unwinding what we've seen over the last, mm. um, you know, two, 40 days or so. Until um, we get the budget, of course, which is only, uh, you know, a, a, a few days away, less than a week away, isn't it? And if he's working, if he's introducing more austerity and more fiscal conservatism, then, you know, he's going to do half the job of the Bank of England. So perhaps they'll have to do less. He's, they're going to have someone working with him rather than against it. Yeah, so you can certainly see that kind of playing out in, in the shorter end as well. Two-year yields were down um, around 37 basis points, so even more so. And now, you know, I say only around 28 basis points above where they were pre-trust. So quite a quite a big turnaround there. Um, and as you say, kind of reports are mm. still suggesting that the Treasury is working towards that 31st of, 31st of October um, date for the, for the um, fiscal update, um, whether or not you know, a week in the new role is enough. Um, there's some open questions around that. So whether, you know, there's some risk that that has to be pushed back and, and you know, some of the, the policies, you know, crossing the T's and, and dotting the I's before before sending that out. But certainly at the moment, it looks like um, the people are still working towards that 31st of October date. Um, and then, yeah, as for how the Bank of England responds, you know, it was it was pretty clear in some of the commentary that a lot of the, the discussion around the need for a significant monetary policy response was in the context of, of offsetting some of the, the inflationary impacts of some of the fiscal plans that have largely been um, unwound at, at this stage. And so, you know, similar to what we heard from, from Broadbent late late last week, some some kind of questions around, you know, how much is the, the BOE really going to need to do with a, a quite different fiscal backdrop than where we were a couple of weeks ago. Um, that said, markets still, you know, pricing um, 75 basis points from the Bank of England in in November and, and the risk of a, an even larger hike at this stage still still priced in. Yeah. But we'll see if those numbers might uh, head off at the past that second uh, that, that second rise, perhaps. Look, the uh, it's been interesting what's been happening in China, isn't it? So we we're saying yesterday, all oh, those Chinese GDP numbers they were they were delayed because of you know they weren't presented the same week as the People's Congress, so that must mean they're bad. But actually, they came in quite good, didn't they? Up three point nine percent year on year, three point nine percent quarter on quarter as well. Industrial production up annually six point three percent from four point two percent in August. Exports up five point seven percent year on year. 
year when they're expected to drop a little. So, I mean, retail sales, were, you know, were slowed down, growing just two and a half percent. The unemployment rate has nudged up a little. But generally, those econ- the economic data we got from China was pretty good. And yet, look what's happening. We've seen massive falls in the in the share market and the, the yuan as well. I mean, the offshore yuan up to almost 7.3% today, I think for the first time ever. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're not seeing action on that from the PBOC just yet. So what's going on? Is this all just a concern that uh, President Xi is, uh, is taking much more control and surrounding himself with more of his compatriots and, uh, and uh, you know, he's, he's going to be much more insular? Is that what's driving all this? It, it looks like the, the risk of that um, is certainly a big part of it and kind of the interplay of the, the you know, the, the power that, um, you know, she has consolidated in the, the New People's Congress and the implications of that for, for COVID zero policy as much as kind of, you know, the extent of, of a, a forward-looking um, outlook from from China. Um, you know, fairly fairly large reaction in, in markets to, to that news, despite the the, um, the beat on GDP numbers, as you say, so GDP coming in a, a bit stronger than expected, um, and really led by that kind of manufacturing industrial production side. Um, and you know the the hallmarks of the impacts that the COVID zero policy is having certainly evident in that number, even though the top line figures beat with kind of you know the the consumption side, consumer demand um, indicators that we get from the GDP data and also from the the monthly data. Um, you know certainly showing a, a much slower picture than than what we saw um, through the the top line GDP numbers. Um, and certainly news that uh, a, a district in, in Guangzhou was was suspending um, in-person schooling and, and dining in at restaurants, um, adding to that kind of fear of ongoing impacts from COVID zero. Um, and, you know, a lot of the market reaction really does seem to be um, a reaction to the, you know, the, the final outcome of the, the National People's Congress and, and what that means for, you know, the, the outlook for, you know, COVID zero, no sign of budging there, um, you know, Lee Chung, who was the head of um, the Shanghai Party Secretary through the through the lockdowns in in Shanghai, has been promoted to the the Standing Committee and looks set to be in line for the for the Premiership. And so, certainly, a, a vote of confidence in in the handling of those Shanghai lockdowns, despite the the Q two economic mm. growth that would see seem. Um, and you know. Um, the you know equity More markets control, reflect that. So the CSI yeah. 300 down around three percent. Chinese stocks in in Hong Kong were down more than seven percent, and the um, the Hang Seng had its its worst day since since the GFC. So quite a quite a large reaction in in equity prices yeah. there to to that news. Yeah, as he surrounds himself, as you know, someone observed, uh, you know, largely older men, no women, and no young men. It's all you know people his age and older. Peak G, I had someone referring to it as uh, as he you know takes he takes. Even more control. I think it goes further than just the lockdowns, doesn't it? The concern around all of this, but uh, quite a reaction today. Uh, now, uh, the budget today in Australia, seven thirty tonight in the east. We've got a new government promising uh, lower income in real terms, lower you know lower um, wages. We're, we're all going to have to tighten our belts a little bit. So. Is that going to help the RBA? I mean, is this going to be another case where we've got a government, even though it's a Labour government, pushing ahead with something which is actually, you know, again, working with the bank rather than against them? Yeah, so I certainly think, you know, given the 
the um, the journey we've been on in in the UK headlines and and other things. So don't expect anything anything Everyone's anywhere near as, as spectacular <laughs> as that from the from the government um in in tonight's yeah. budget. So a lot of the kind of headline forecasts have already been leaked in the press. You know, no real surprises there. Expecting growth to to slow fairly material over um, the 23-24 financial year down to one point five percent as that kind of you know real income hit and the impact of um, um, monetary policy tightening starts to starts to flow through, um, but inflation still remaining above the RBA's target over over the um, the, the near term forecasts. Um, but in terms of policies that we expect, you know, Treasurer Chalmers has been quite clear that you know they're not looking to make the the RBA's job harder. They they there's a there's a need to you know not provide too much cost of living offsets and and other things. So you know don't expect too much in the in the way of kind of you know cash flashes um tonight in tonight's budget certainly and a balance of trade surplus uh you know with a, a lot of money coming in from commodities you know Australia gains doesn't it with uh, as energy prices rise of course so yeah yeah and so certainly you know that commodity price outlook the the faster than expected employment recovery are all kind of adding to that that revenue top line but you know expecting a lot of that improvement to be to be banked rather than rather than spent now uh germany's ifo today that's expected to fall but um you know and we have seen that gas price come down though so that's the good news for europe uh hugh pill the chief economist at the bank of england is going to be talking today as well we get the conference board consumer read as well but i think you know the thing that everyone's going to be looking at i mean the not today it's actually tomorrow isn't it before we get all the big tech uh, earnings so microsoft tomorrow alphabet coca-cola okay not big tech big company though big drink uh, and then facebook the next day and apple's apple and amazon the day after so and all of you know for a lot of that the question is going to be isn't it uh what's online ad spend like because advertising always is the first to take a hit when there's a recession looming uh, so how are those companies going to do if we see advertising fall? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's right. So, you know, a, a busy, busy week coming up, not too much in the in the next 24 hours. The, the US data calendar pretty light apart from that consumer confidence number and the, the Richmond Fed manufacturing index as well. But, you know, markets looking towards, um, you know, a few central banks later in the week yeah. and, and that earnings that earnings um, reporting season um, also really important for whether equities can can hold on to the, the gains that they've seen over yeah. the last few seasons. That's right. Later in the weekend, next week, we go a bit central bank crazy, don't we? Uh, so lots of questions answered through the uh, through the next week. Good to talk. We'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Bill. And I'm almost losing my voice this morning. You know why? It's because my computer's been misbehaving this morning, and I have been la- la- you're basically yelling at it in a rather loud voice. It doesn't do any good. They don't listen, uh, and all it does is it makes you lose your voice. So uh, I need to be much more controlled, uh, like Rishi. Uh, I'll be back again next week for next week tomorrow morning for another edition of the Morning Call. I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you tomorrow. Have a great day.